0: What's up, everybody, and back. welcome it's to like this Friday blast. edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Yes, we have made it through the week, and I hope you all are excited for a fantastic episode of the Logan Blackman Show. It's a very exciting day, right? Like, I'm not gonna lie; like today is a great day, like for on many categories, and it's a, not just a great day Friday, but it's like a great day from certain events that have taken place during a few days this week. Okay, let's put it like that. So to start off with things that I have thoroughly enjoyed this week. This happened on Wednesday. Yeah, wait, well, yesterday. Yeah, because today's Thursday, so it had to be yesterday. So what happened on Wednesday, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series trailer dropped. For those of you who are unaware, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor, is getting his own series on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus has been cranking out these Star Wars series. We had The Mandalorian. We had The Bad Batch. We had the Book of Boba Fett. Now, we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is coming out on May 25th, which is the exact same day the first ever Star Wars movie came out, A New Hope, in 1977. So, a while in the future, but it looked awesome. Now, there are a few things that p- fans alike are, are critiquing on social media. Mainly, The main thing that people are upset about is the Grand Inquisitor for uh, <laughs> the, basically the Jedi Hunters— he looks like a normal person. And I saw some people complain about this when, we were, when I was watching the Book of Boba Fett as well. Uh, oh, geez. Cad Bane was another one that got critiqued quite a bit on how he, how he looked. That didn't look exactly like the animation from the Clone Wars. Cad Bane was in the Clone Wars Grand Inquisitor. Was from the, that, another series, Star Wars Rebels. Pretty much the same thing, but a little bit different in that aspect right after Order 66 and all of that took place. You see Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul battle it out one last time. So if you don't know who won that battle, I would recommend going and watch Star Wars Rebels. I've watched both Clone Wars and Rebels. Both are fantastic, though I do prefer the Clone Wars more. But I, more so with the Grand Inquisitor thing than Cad Bane. I didn't really have a whole lot of issues with Cad Bane. I, get, I got where people were coming from to a certain extent. But the Grand Inquisitor, his head is supposed to be longer. And it just looked like a normal dude on the screen. Like, it threw me off. When I was watching the trailer, it threw me off a little bit. <laughs> but all of that aside, though, I think they... thats not wasn't my favorite thing, but there were a few other Easter eggs in there. Like Jedi Fallen Order, there was an Easter egg in there from the underwater base. Which, Jedi Fallen Order, awesome game. Finished that a few years ago. Awesome stuff there. I did the yellow lightsaber, because I like to think I know every single facet of the Force. And I don't think... You thought that we were going to start a show off like this, but you know what? That's where we're at right now. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> and it's good stuff. But I'm very excited. I'm very excited. They There was a cameo from young Luke Skywalker. Like, it was, it's going to be awesome. They played Duel of the Fates. Like, it... Ah, oh, great trailer. Now, I I will get over... I'm not really that, like, too butthurt about the Grand Inquisitor thing, but there are a lot of people that are very upset of it and made their voices very loudly known on mostly Twitter. I haven't really seen that much on Instagram, but on Twitter it's been all over the place where people making their own edits to the Grand Inquisitor making his head longer. So people are making fun of, like if Kyate Moondi was not in the the prequels at all and they were just going from the original, like the Clone Wars, they would go, oh yeah, Kyate Moondi's got a normal head now. Which Kyate Moondi, for those of you who are unaware, has a very long head, a longer head than the Grand Inquisitor. But... I digress. I'm not going to spend it too much on the Star Wars topics because I know a lot of people out there. I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there's a few people out there that, finally, that probably have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to end it there. And Before we get into our sports topics on today's show, make sure you're following the Logan Blackman Show in all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. Twitter is Logan underscore Blackman. The Instagram account is Blackman Logan. That's my personal account. You can follow the show's Instagram account at the Logan Blackman Show One. Facebook and YouTube: just search Logan Blackman Show. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Watch a few videos. Give them a thumbs up. Facebook page: just give the Facebook page a big old thumbs up. Make sure you're following it as well, and you're listening to it right now. So make sure you're following both Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts, or at least one of them. And as always, make sure to leave a rating out of five stars. However, you feel about the show in general. Leave a rating on a five stars. Again, we have gotten to 15 ratings on Apple Podcasts, so I would greatly appreciate it if you were number 16 or number 17 or number 18 or number 19 or so on and so forth. I just hope we get to that level at some point because it's going to be a good old time once we get to 20 ratings. Oh my goodness. But back to things that made me smile today or just in general this past like these past couple days. The never story. An album by J.I.D., one of my favorite rappers, came out five years ago, today. So that was also very exciting. But then the other thing that came out that got me even more excited than remembering, oh, the Never Story was coming out, because I can listen to the Never Story whenever I want. But baseball is back, ladies and gentlemen. Baseball's back. Like, I was sitting here, and I'm not, I think we talked about this when baseball first announced that they're going through a whole lockout phase where they canceled the first two weeks of the regular season or the first two series which ultimately meant the first two weeks of the season. I'm not sitting here and saying that I had the highest of expectations for the Chicago Cubs this year. But I I, I was I was happy. I was I was ready to go into a season hoping for the best. Because now I'm at the point where I'm not dream del- I don't have delusions of grandeur of wishing a Chicago Cubs World Series. It's not realistic at this point. Now the Cubs could make some awesome signings out there, get some big names in the clubhouse. But realistically, the Cubs, at their peak this year, will finish second in the division. That's what the ultimate goal is. If you can finish second in the NL Central this year, I will see that as an absolute win. My my gut is telling me the Chicago Cubs will finish third. As long as they finish... I mean, Grant, all things aside, they're not finishing below the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't think there's a team out there that will finish below the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. There might be one of them. But goodness gracious, the Chicago Cubs should be in that second and third range. But, you know, the Reds will be fine. You got Jonathan India coming back, the NL Rookie of the Year, which screwed out the, <laughs> the 30-year-old rookie, Patrick Wisdom. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. Then you got the Cardinals. that will always be kicking at the top of the division. Same with the Brewers. So second place, the dream. Third place is reality. Fourth place is uh, scary. But then last place is hell. That means just destroy the entire franchise. Because they're, they're acting like they want to make some moves. Like, after this guy announced that baseball was officially back and the strike was over or the lockout was over, what do you want to call it, Marcus Stroman, new Cubs pitcher they got from the New York Mets this offseason, went on Twitter and was trying to recruit Carlos Correa, like, instantly. Right after the announcement was made, Marcus Stroman is on Twitter saying, hey, Marcus Stroman, Wrigley going to be bumping this year or something along those lines. Like, I'm all ready for Carlos Correa to come to town. Like, I'm not a massive fan of Carlos Correa. Like, to be 100% honest with you, I'm not a massive fan of a lot of players that were on that Houston Astros team, but let me tell you this, if he comes to play for the Chicago Cubs, I will throw away all my previous, uh, what do you want to call it, disdain for Carlos Correa, because he's now a member of the Chicago Cubs. Now, if he did anything off the field that's worth noting that he's a bad person or something, then yeah, that's a little different, but (laughs) we're talking about just as, you know, you cheated to get a World Series and stuff like that. I'm all for it. Come to Chicago. Would I have loved to see Javier Baez come back? Yes, I would have. But he went and signed a deal with the Tigers. So Carlos, come to Chicago on the north side. I would like to specify that on the north side. Do not go to the south side of Chicago. We do not want you on the Chicago White Sox. But all in all, here is what uh, the MLB and the MLBPA—they're a new, their new CBA, a pending ratifications from Mark Feinstein. Find Send on MLB's official website. This is a quote or an article on their official website. We're going to read it all like we did the last time. This one's a little bit shorter, though, than the ESPN one that we read. Uh, It's about the same, probably. But, yeah. Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association reached an agreement on the new collective bargaining agreement on Thursday, paving the way for 2022 regular season play to begin on April 7th, less than a month away. Let's go. The CBA must still be ratified by the owners before it becomes official, with a vote scheduled for early Thursday evening. So, yeah, it's if it is ratified, both sides must then sign a, mem- a memorandum of understanding officially bringing the three-month lockout to a close. The mandatory spring training report date for all clubs is Sunday. Exhibition games will begin on March 17th or 18th. The deal came to fruition a day after MLB proposed postponed opening day until April 14th in the absence of new agreement and announced the team's first four series were removed from the schedule. However, as part of this agreement, a full 162-game schedule will be played and the four series that were previously removed from the calendar, will be rescheduled. Now, I know earlier I said two series. I meant four, okay? I meant four. (laughs) The new five-year CBA includes increased minimum salaries, a new pre-arbitration bonus pool to reward the top young players in the game, a raise of competitive balance, tax thresholds, the introduction of a universal designated hitter, which everybody should be. It's fun seeing a pitcher jack a home run or jack a double or whatever. Like, seeing John Lester bat at times, when he first joined the Chicago Cubs, was very stressful. Or not very stressful, he just knew he was going to strike out. And then he started getting hits. But then you see, like, Travis Wood coming in Jack Dingers as a pitch hitter. The Cubs are bringing Travis Wood to pitch hit. Then you got Masson Bumgardner, Adam Wainwright, Jake Arrieta. These pitchers that come in and just want a bat, those are fun. Those are fun. But for 98% of the other pitchers out there, at-bats aren't the most fun thing in the world. So apart from the... Four I mentioned that are still current well, – Like, did John Lester retire? I can't actually remember if he retired or not. But out of the three that I know are still playing, like, it's it's not fun. It's not really that fun to watch pitchers. <laughs> it, the widest-ranging draft lottery in pro, pros, in pro sports, a system to prevent alleged service time manipulation and limits on the number of times a player can be optioned in a season to address concerns regarding, quote, roster churn. The deal also includes an expanded 12-team postseason format, which I'm not a massive fan of, bringing baseball, playoff baseball to two additional markets each year. I mean, I wasn't a massive fan of the NFL expanding their playoffs either, so we'll see how this all goes. Because then the more and more you expand things, the more and more average teams you're allowing to get these quote-unquote opportunities. As part of the agreement, a joint competition committee will be formed, compromised of four active players, six members appointed by MLB, and one umpire. Beginning in 2023, the committee will be tasked with adopting changes to playing rules such as pitch clock, base size, defensive positioning, and automatic ball strike zones. Under previous agreement, MLB had the right to unilaterally implement rules rule changes with one year notice, but the new system will allow the game to improve in a more timely fashion thanks to the collaboration between the league and the players. Once the CBA is finalized, teams around the league will turn their attention to completing To completing their offseason business, as more of two more than two hundred players remain on free agent market, including notable names such as Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant, and Trevor Story. Now, if the Cubs can't get Carlos Correa, Trevor Story would be a a nice option there. I mean, I'd love to have Chris Bryant back, but we'll see if that's realistic or not. The Cubs, from everything I've read this offseason, have been like we're dating back to like when the season originally ended. The Cubs have been heavily linked with a shortstop. Whether that was Corey Sager, Seager, who's now in the Texas Rangers, so that one kind of got ruled out fairly quickly, or Carlos Correa or Trevor Story, or even bringing Javi Baez back, shortstop was going to be a number top priority for the Chicago Cubs this year, which means possibly Nico Horner moving out to the outfield because they have Nick Madrigal coming in from the White Sox. He was part of that Craig Kimbrell trade. Or they'll rotate Nico Horner at second with Madrigal and see what they'll do there. Also seeing them linked with Kyle Schwarber again as a first baseman. And with the Universal DH, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to bring Kyle Schwarber, but I would, lo- I love Kyle Schwarber. We had a whole show dedicated to crying about Kyle Schwarber signing with the Nationals. Like, it was a big deal. Kyle Schwarber's one of my favorite players. I watched the dude play for the United States at Principal Park and lay down a sack bunt and leg it out to first base when he was this monster of a human. That made me fall in love with Kyle Schwarber right then and there. I would love to see him back on the Chicago Cubs, like... Yeah, Carlos Correa and Kyle Schwarber would be awesome to see. I'd love, obviously, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo back as well. Like, any former Cubs players, I'm open to having back. Apart from, like, you know, like, Felix P.A. and things like that. (laughs) Or uh, Milton Bradley, who is my least favorite. I I shouldn't have said Felix P.A. Felix Pierre was my favorite player on the Iowa Cubs growing up, and then he went to the Baltimore Orioles, and then I think we'd done to Mexico, and then I'd, I haven't heard from him since. Milton Bradley is my least favorite Chicago Cubs player of all time, so I will not have Milton Bradley back on the Cubs. Uh, here are some of the details of the agreement between the MLB and the MLBPA. Minimum salary, 2022, 700000 Moving up to 720, 740, 760, and seven eighty by 2026. The first-year increase is the largest single-year single increase in history, nearly five times larger than... Than the 27.5 thousand increase in the first year of the prior CBA. It also represents a larger increase in the total from the past 10 years. Competitive balanced tax thresholds 230 million, 233, 237, 241, and then 244 in 2026. Uh, the 20 million increase from 2021 to 2022 is nearly twice as large as the biggest previous year, first year increase. Fourth tax level has been added to $60 million above the base threshold to address runaway spending. Pre-arbitration bonus pool, we have $50 million to be distributed to the top 100 players based on awards and statistical performances. MLB and the MLBPA will jointly develop a statistical method to allocate the funds. Under the system, Cy Young Award winners, NL Cy Young Award winner Corbin Burns would have seen a salary jump from $608,000 to $4.2 million last season. Well, Rookie of the Year's Randy Arzarena and he who should not be named Patrick Wisdom would have seen his respective salaries more than triple in 2021. The draft lottery, top six teams will be awarded via lottery. Odds will be based on the reverse order of winning percentage the bottom three clubs at each 16.5%. The 18 non-postseason clubs will be eligible through revenue sharing, payees, Sharing payees would be ineligible to receive lottery selections in three consecutive years, while non-players would be ineligible to receive lottery selections in consecutive years. International Draft. In exchange for agreeing to an international draft by July 25, 2022, MLB will eliminate the qualifying offer system direct draft pick compensation for free agents. International Draft would be 20 rounds, 600-plus selections, increasing the total compensation earned by amateurs by more than $20 million annually. Signing bonuses will be guaranteed for drafted players. And clubs who select players from growth countries, countries with less than 0.5% of signings in the previous three signing periods, will receive additional selections to incentivize scouting and signing emerging markets. Rule changes. Beginning in 2023, a committee comprised of four active players, six members appointed by the MLB and one empire, will be tasked with adopting changes. We already talked about that. Other details. Contract for arbitration-eligible players will be guaranteed. Top prospects who finish first or second in Rookie of the Year voting will receive a four, full year of service. Clubs promoting top prospects to opening day rosters will be eligible to receive draft picks if the player finishes in the top three in their Rookie of the Year voting or top five in MVP Cy Young voting. Expanded postseason, 12 teams with top two division winners receiving a by Universal DH. Players may only be optioned five times per season. So yes, baseball's making rule changes baseball's actually adapting oh my god only took him 150 years to finally start adapting to things but man I'm happy it's coming I'm I'm happy it's coming back I'm happy baseball's here I was going to be very upset summer I love this period for like the NFL draft purposes like March to late April awesome period the end of April awesome love following the draft but I need baseball in there as well like, I'm not, again, I'm not expecting the Cubs to be challenging for a World Series. Like, my heart hurt the past few seasons, the years after they won the World Series, when I was told on and on again that, oh, you've got one of the best young rosters in baseball. They will be competing for World Series year in and year out. And they didn't. They didn't really come close every time they ran into the buzzsaw, known as the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Miami Marlins of all teams. It's, uh, or the Florida Marlins. No, Miami. <laughs> the Miami Marlins or the Florida Marlins. Florida Marlins in 3 Miami Marlins a few years ago. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for baseball to be back. I'm really excited for baseball to be back. And I'm excited to see what kind of signings the Cubs make because they're not really competing for a World Series this year. But, hey, stranger things have happened. The Cubs don't really have the bullpen to be competing for a World Series. I mean, they're starting rotations getting a little better by adding Stroman. But – I guess they got Wade Miley this offseason as well, but their bullpen's still not very good. So that'll be a hindrance for the Cubs. The bench will be interesting as well because as of right now, their bench is pretty much just a minor league system apart from Jan Gomes, who they got this offseason. Like Sergio Alcantara will be on the bench. Alfonso Rivas, I'm assuming, will be one of the bench players as well, depending on who they – if they bring someone like Rizzo back or Schwarber back, depending on what what Frank Schwendel's – what his positional future holds, or Rafael Ortega or something like that. So – Yeah, time will tell, but I'm excited. I'm always excited for baseball. Opening day is one of the greatest days ever. Ah, I just... You can finish above the White Sox. That would be beautiful. It won't happen, but it would be really cool if the Chicago Cubs could somehow, somehow swindle their way to get above the Chicago White Sox in the season. But, man, I'm excited. Baseball's back, baby. Baseball is back. And I know we don't talk about baseball a ton on this show, but... When we do, when the Cubs are doing something good or when the Cubs are doing something bad, I will always bring it up. <laughs> it will always be on the forefront of everything I'm talking about because out of all the teams that I have, like if we're talking about the world of sports and you're looking at each league, and I think I have brought this up before, if you look at each league, and when you're growing up, you like a bunch of different teams. Like in the NFL, obviously like the Bills, like the Chargers in there, like the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was there. Like I liked other teams and basketball. I was a Chicago, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, but I loved Steve Nash growing up. Weirdly, I liked Rodney Stuckey a lot with the Detroit Pistons. So, and I loved that 2004 championship team, the Pistons team that beat the Lakers. I thought that team was really cool, and Ben Wallace is awesome. So, and then you got hockey, the Blackhawks and the and the Buffalo Sabers. And there was a weird time I liked the Anaheim Ducks because the Iowa Chops. Were the the farm system team for the Anaheim for the Ducks, which makes to Iowa Chops Anaheim Ducks. It just makes sense, I guess. But now it's the Wild, and I'll never cheer for the Wild. And then you've got baseball. I have never once, never once cheered for another team. Like ever go, oh yeah, this will be fun. No, the Chicago Cubs have been my team throughout my entire life. Going to I Cubs games. I worked for the I Cubs. So no matter what the Cubs do, and this is one of the things I'm kind of happy about, weirdly. And this might sound bad for me. But one of the things I'm actually happy about, the Cubs going back to more normal levels where they're just going to be competing for playoff spots rather than competing for World Series, is the fact that all the fake Cubs fans that joined, that hopped on the bandwagon the night of the World Series, Game 7 of the World Series, when they beat the Indians, now Guardians, I'm, they're, they're slowly fading out. They're slowly fading out. Like I remember getting made fun of in school because <laughs> the Cubs are so bad. They're awful. And now they're just going to be competing for playoff spots, which I'm perfectly content with because they're not the bottom dwellers they used to be. They weren't losing a hundred games in a season. I remember Junior Lake and Arismendi Alcantara were awesome players for the, that we were really excited about. And yeah, Junior Lake exploded for like half a year and then uh, didn't do anything the next year Then was down in Tijuana. I don't know where he's at now. Starlin Castro was my favorite player growing up. Darwin Barney was awesome. I got Darwin Barney signed baseball. Like I, I'm happy. This is exciting. I'm so happy baseball is back. But if you scrolled on Twitter recently, there's some people (laughs) moving on to a different sport. Some people are a little upset on social media, namely PFT Commenter, who you don't know who he is. He hosts – he's one half or one trio, whatever. How many other people you want to say host the podcast, a part of my take? He's a big Washington Commanders football fan. And if you followed him on Twitter before a couple – yesterday – you would know that he was very vocal about not wanting Carson Wentz on the Washington Commanders. And then yesterday, Washington Commanders announced they have traded for Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. And one thing I would have to say, I don't think Carson Wentz is the greatest quarterback of all time. We defended Carson Wentz quite a bit on the Logan Blackman Show in times, but I don't think he's as bad as what everybody is making him out to be like, well, he did, was he good last year? Was he good as last year in Philly? Not necessarily. Like I don't think he was atrocious. Like last year, twenty-seven touchdown, seven picks. But there were times where he would try to do way too much. Like the game against uh, the was it the Titans? Right through the inner the pick six on the one yard line or something like that. Like games like that last year, I felt like happened way too often, way too often. The thing a lot of Colts fans are upset about mostly with Carson Wentz that he check out of run plays when you have an MVP candidate at running back in Jonathan Taylor. But like it's. He's going to go to the Commanders, and I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to turn the franchise around or anything, but I think it'll be nice for him. I think it'll be nice for him. He gets a chance to play the Eagles twice a year, and then now he's got to also play the Colts this year as well, so it's like a revenge tour for Carson Wentz. Uh, In the trade, the Colts received the Commanders' third-round picks in 2022 and 2023. Uh, The 2023 third-round pick can become a second-round pick if Wentz plays 70% of Washington's snaps. The team also swapped second-round picks in 2022. With the Colts moving up from 47 to 42, the Commanders getting a 2022 seventh round pick. Sources told Adam Schefter that Washington will pay the full $28 million due to Wentz for the 2022 season, which includes a $5 million, geez, $5 million roster bonus coming in next week. But man, the way social media is taking this trade, you think Carson Wentz was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL? And the season prior to when he went to Indianapolis, yeah, you could make an argument for that. He played really, really bad for the Philadelphia Eagles in his last year. But last year he wasn't terrible. And is this the type of quarterback that I think a lot of Washington fans were looking for when you're getting linked to the likes of Aaron Rodgers and, got, God forbid, Patrick Mahomes, and you end up getting Carson Wentz? Yeah, you're probably going to be a little bit upset, but you know those weren't realistic options here. You know Rodgers wasn't actually happening. You know – that Patrick Mahomes wasn't happening, even though they called about it. I guess the one they could have gotten the most excited about was Russell Wilson because he changed his profile picture he's from the Richmond area. So people are going to get excited about that, but, yeah, I don't really, it's just, I don't know. So that rules them out of a first-round quarterback because you're not paying a quarterback $28 million plus a $5 million signing bonus, a roster bonus, to and then draft a quarterback. I don't think that's what they're going to do. They still hold the 11th pick in the draft, which is, I mean, you, if you were trading a first-round draft pick, but this just looks really bad for the Colts. <laughs> you traded a first-round, basically a first... It was basically like this pick, where it's like it can become a third, a second-round pick if he plays 70% of snaps. I think that was the same thing with the Colts one, the Colts-Eagles pick. Because wasn't it like if he played 70% of the snaps for the the Colts, the Eagles would get a first-round draft pick? So you got a quarterback because you the coach and the quarterback previously had a good relationship. He was an MVP candidate when he was last the coordinator for Carson Wentz. So you trade these picks, and you're like, okay, the the inevitability of Carson Wentz getting hurt is fairly high, so we're probably going to keep this first-round pick. At least that's how I was viewing it. But, man, you traded for a first-round draft pick. You traded a first-round draft pick, essentially. So the Eagles now have three first-round draft picks, and you didn't even get one back. That is—and you weren't going to get one back. No one was going to give you a first-round draft pick for Carson Wentz. It's like the same people that are—like the 49ers, when they were saying they wanted a first-round draft pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, right. Who the hell is going to pay a first-round draft pick for Carson Wentz or Jimmy Garoppolo? Who is really doing that? Like I remember when the Dolphins traded for J- Josh Rosen, people were talking about them possibly having to give up a first-round draft pick. No! His draft stock, his value tanked when the Cardinals went up to the podium and drafted Kyler Murray first overall. Then his value was dunzo. That's kind of the situation we're looking at with Jordan Love. Like Jordan Love is not going to be worth a first round draft pick at all. It's not even close. But, but it could be somewhere in the range of like a third or fourth round draft pick, maybe even a, sixth, a fifth round draft pick. I don't know what his value is going to be. We've seen him play one game, start one game. We saw him dress one season. His first year in the NFL, he didn't dress. At least as far as I know, Jordan Love didn't dress one game. So I don't know what to make of the Jordan Love situation. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. But if I'm the Colts, Jordan Love might be a quarterback I would look for. I think Jordan Love, we're talking potential-wise, I think Jordan Love's got a lot of potential. I really do. I mean, that's easy to say. I mean, he's a young quarterback, former first-round draft pick. Learning behind Aaron Rodgers. So it's kind of – I'm not really going on a limb saying I think he's talented because you don't draft first-round players if you don't think they're at least somewhat talented, and he is. He is. We talked about it on Wednesday, how though his last year at Utah State, he had a downturn in regards to his statistics and all that stuff, where he went from like 32 touchdowns, 7 picks, to 20 touchdowns, 17 picks in a season. So that's not ideal. But if we're talking about raw talents. Jordan Love has got it. And for a team like the Colts, who – maybe want to take a a flyer on a quarterback like Jordan Love or maybe they want to go after someone like Jimmy Garoppolo or maybe they want to draft someone in the second round or what I don't know what their goal is for the quarterback position you traded a first round draft pick for Carson Wentz essentially you didn't get a first round draft pick back and now you don't have a quarterback your only quarterback right now is Sam Ellinger Sam Ellinger is not or maybe he's going to be developing one of the next great quarterbacks in the NFL but right now, you cannot go into the season with Sam Ellinger as your starting quarterback. You can't. It's it's on par with the Denver Broncos leaving Peyton Manning and then going straight to Trevor Simeon. Why are we doing that? Like Trevor Simeon seems like a good guy, smart dude. Went to Northwestern, so ah, all signs point. Oh, maybe he's maybe it he should be good. Uh, no, no. Like Trevor Simeon did all right at best, but. Then the Broncos went in this weird tangent of we got Trevor Simeon and then Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and I feel like Case Keenum. Like, you don't want to fall into that category because right now the Colts have had, now, are going to have five different day one starting quarterbacks in the last five years. Luck, Brissett, Rivers, Wentz, and then whoever the hell is going to be the quarterback this year. Whether it's Jordan Love, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, who apparently people are very scared of his shoulder issue, Marcus Mariota could be an option there as well. Bring him back to the AFC South. He could be a fun quarterback to watch there. Mobile quarterback, similar-ish skill set to Carson Wentz. Big dude, former second overall picks. Like, that's what we're looking at right now. Like, did you really improve your quarterback situation right now? Maybe in hindsight we can go in and say, yeah, if they get like Jimmy Garoppolo and draft someone like Desmariter in the second round, maybe we could look at that and go, yeah, this this worked out really well for them. But right now, I don't know if the Colts really got better. But that's easy to say because they have only one quarterback, and it's Sam Ellinger. Like, the Texans won't trade Deshaun Watson. division. Trubisky looks like he's signing for the New York Giants, or at least he's going to push his way to the New York Giants. So the Giants are going to try and push his way there. Two, two former people of the Buffalo Bills organization, with Mitch Trubisky formerly playing in Mitch, uh, uh, Brian Dable's system, though back up to Josh Allen, makes a lot of sense to go there. But yeah, for the Colts, I think we're looking at three people a busted shoulder Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, and Jordan Love. Potential, you go with Jordan Love. If you want a quarterback, then you know you're going to draft one, Jimmy Garoppolo. If you want to try something, take a flyer on, probably Mariota and take a quarterback in the later rounds. That's probably what we're looking at right now. And I think Mariota is good enough to start. I think Mariota and Trubisky are on that same level of where they're both too good to be backups. Like Mariota, I believe, is the... Rich, most expensive backup in the NFL, at least he was like that. That really awesome title of being the best backup quarterback in the NFL, which was on, which was a title bestowed to the likes of Jacoby Brissett, to Teddy Bridgewater, to Mitch Trubisky, to Marcus Mariota, to players like that. And it's not really a a a, a label you want to have, but it can get you a starting job potentially. But you're gonna have to battle it out. You're not gonna be handed a starting job more off, more like more often than not. There could be the odd scenario where the where you become the quote unquote best backup in the league and then unquestioned starter the next year, but it doesn't happen often. Like Scott Mitchell was one of those people as well from the Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, play with Barry Sanders and stuff like that. Put up some decent numbers there. Guess Brett Favre was the best backup in the league and turned out to be an all right quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Placing Magic Mike at Green Bay once he got hurt. So, I don't know. I don't really know what the Colts are going to do. I don't know. I, would, I think it would be really cool to, <coughs> to see them take a flyer on Jordan Love. But what's the Packers situation on Jordan Love? Is Aaron Rodgers really under a four-year contract? Because, again, like we talked about on Wednesday, with Aaron Rodgers' contract, the numbers are kind of up in the air. Where you don't really know what the actual numbers are, if he got a four-year, $200 million contract or what. So, do they want to keep Jordan Love and keep developing him? Because, again, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. But again, like we said, he looks a lot less likely. He looks a lot better than what than right now than what Brett Favre was at this exact same point. I don't, Brett Favre was not winning back to back MVPs late was his 30s, early forties. He was not doing that. <laughs> he came came kind of close to the Vikings. Kinda close. I don't know if he where he finished in the rankings or the MVP voting or anything like that, but he played well. Vikings fans are always quick to go, hey, that was his best statistical year it was in Minnesota where they went to the NFC Championship game and he threw an interception and lost the game. And Adrian Peterson fumbled like 100 times. Like I, I have friends that are Vikings fans. I like, to bring it up. Oh, Brett Favre's best statistical year was his last year, or the year where they went to the NFC Championship game with the Vikings. That's his best one. But, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I want to go back to Trubisky real quick. Trubisky like we've talked about, I put Trubisky on the Mariota level. I put him on that Baker Mayfield level as well. I don't think, like, if we're talking, like, the amount of shit Mitch Trubisky got for being drafted before Mahomes and Watson, I don't know why the likes of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield have not gotten that for being drafted over Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, the unanimous MVP. And Josh Allen's now, what, top two quarterback in the NFL in the 8-2? So, we gotta, we're, we're staring down a rabbit hole here of when are we going to start judging these quarterbacks the same way we judged Mitchell Trubisky? Like, he wasn't a bust to the level of what some people were considering to be, where he's on the level of Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell, which is just asinine to think about. Like, you think he's worse than Akili Smith? Like, if you're putting him in the top three biggest draft busts of all time, you're putting him with Akili Smith, Joey Harrington, Art Schlechter, Rick Meyer, Like, we're really putting him in this category of terrible quarterbacks? This is not a good category to be in, and Trubisky is not that bad by any stretch of the imagination. But people want to go with the whole judgment that he was drafted for him. He ain't that. He ain't that. And I'm excited to see where he goes. And the thing with the Giants is, though he's got the links with Dable, I, I feel conflicted about it because on one hand, yes, it makes a ton of sense. He gets reunited with Brian Dable. But if they're as committed to Daniel Jones as what reports say they are, what would that mean for Daniel Jones? Because Trubisky's not going to come in and sit behind Daniel Jones. He's not going to. He sat behind Josh Allen for a year. He's not going to want to go in, and he wants a chance to be the star. If they're quote-unquote committed to Daniel Jones, he's going to come into the New York Giants situation and come in as the backup. There ain't going to be no open competition. It'll be Daniel Jones either loses the job, or gets hurt or something like that. If you're committed to Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones goes into the season as a starter. So, I don't know if Trubisky would do that again. But you do have a, a really good chance to to beat out Daniel Jones. But I think, again, I've talked about this before. I think Daniel Jones is very talented. I think Daniel Jones has the tools to be a very good quarterback. At least a good quarterback in the NFL. But time will tell. Time will tell because he can actually put it together. Because there's times it just seems like his brain shuts off, and he he uh, he has the slipping moment, like we saw against I was the Eagles, like just moments like that where it's like, okay, is this uh, is this what we're doing here? Is this what we're doing here? And like other teams that we could look at for quarterbacks here, like we're looking at all the other so like the big names for free agents or trades this offseason, are going to have to be, obviously, the quarterbacks we just mentioned. We got Trubisky, we got Garoppolo, we got Mariota, we got Jordan Love, and then Deshaun Watson, obviously, is in there as well. If Deshaun Watson's situation gets figured out tomorrow or when the show comes out, because apparently things are going to start... are um, going to air out, I guess. So, like, what other teams need quarterbacks right now? We've kind of talked about this before. So you could look at... just teams to look at in regards to trading for quarterbacks. We got Washington off the table... We got Denver off the table because they got Russell Wilson, if you forgot that already. <laughs> but the Eagles will be possibly looking to bid a big trade for someone like Deshaun Watson because, again, they've got three first-round draft picks. I'm not saying they should or they will, but it's a team to look out for because of how much, how many good draft picks they have. They have three first-rounders and a second-rounder. They can move heaven and earth to get as, the good, as good of a quarterback as they want and possibly keep at least one or two of their first-round draft picks, which could be very interesting. The Giants, as we talked about before, is the really only viable one there in regards to a quarterback that's going to be competing for a starting job, I guess. I saw something today, which could be very interesting, a swap deal involving Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski, the Cleveland Browns head coach, came from Minnesota, worked with Kirk Cousins up in Minnesota, and yeah, could that be an option? Could that be something there? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think either team would do the trade. I mean, you just signed, you just got Kevin O'Connell to come in as the office, the new head coach who had worked with Kirk Cousins in Washington. I think the main reason you got him was because oh, he's worked with Kirk Cousins in the past before. But it all depends on what the new GM wants. If he wants Baker Mayfield, we'll see how that one works out. I also saw something that be they're open to trading numerous stars, so like Dalvin Cook or Adam Thielen or Deniel Hunter or players like that, Justin Jefferson maybe. I really don't think they'd be willing to trade Justin Jefferson, but who the hell knows at this point. Uh, the Steelers, obviously, are going to be linked with a trade or a draft pick. They picked 20th, which is a very weird range for the quarterbacks this year because you could definitely get one by 20, but how highly do you view these quarterbacks? Because they have a second-round draft pick, so they trade up in the second round and try to take one? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, the Texans, just because they're going to trade Deshaun Watson. I'd be shocked if Deshaun Watson stayed with the Texans because Lovey Smith's already said Davis Mills is the starting quarterback. So we'll see how that one goes. The Colts, they don't have a quarterback, so they're obviously going to be linked with one. Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Apparently Matt Ryan's wanting out. So does Matt Ryan go somewhere? I saw some of the day that said Colts. So maybe Matt Ryan heads up to up north the Indy. Then we got the Saints and Bucks there as well, and the Panthers. Just the entire NFC South, essentially. Like, none of those teams... I like Kyle Trask, and I would love to see Kyle Trask get an opportunity in Tampa. He's one that I would like them not to go after. quarterback. I think their quarterback situation with Gabbert and Trask would work well down there. New Orleans. I mean, lot. I mean, my brain says they're going to re-sign Jameis Smith or Jameis Winston. So we'll see if that goes down. The Panthers. I don't know what they're doing. So <laughs> I just the Falcons possibly trading him. The Seahawks need a quarterback as well. But I saw, and I, this is interesting. Because so I was thinking about this today, actually, because I, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a report that JT Daniels, remember everybody's favorite quarterback in college football that hadn't really done anything, is talking about transferring again. And I saw things to Missouri, to West Virginia, and Oregon State. This is the former number one, guaranteed number one overall pick based off doing nothing. So when you're looking at next year's quarterback tracks for a team like Seattle, who if they don't go after a quarterback this year would be right in the running to be getting one of the top picks in the draft next year because so they've got Denver's pick as well, but Denver's not going to pick very low. So what would expect? I mean, crazier things have happened, but should Seattle just take their lumps this year and wait till next year and get someone like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or Grayson McCall or something like that, or Phil Yurkovic or what, Malik Cunningham, I think it'd be an interesting shout for a first round draft pick. Like what other quarterbacks are really going to be available next year? that most people would look at for the next year's draft. Am I forgetting? JT Daniels, I guess, will be available. I, I, he's transferring somewhere, but I don't remember where. Uh, Spencer Rattler, completely forgot about him. Hendon Hooker's another one. Will Levis. Yeah, then we got him. Keenan Slovis at Pitt will be very interesting. Jake Jake Hainer is going to be an interesting one of uh, I mean, you got Spencer Petrus Go after him, Emery Jones. But I think the main ones you're going to be looking at, I mean, the top two are pretty much unquestioned, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Bryce Young. Will be the number one overall pick if the team needs a quarterback. If not, it will be Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. Stroud will be right up there as well. If Spencer Rattler can play as good as what his potential says, he should be right up there as well. I think Grayson McCall will be up there. I really like Hendon Hooker, so we'll see how he develops this year. I had a very good year since replacing McKenna. Oh, crap, what was his name? Joe Milton as the quarterback. Tennessee's offense went from zero to hero like that, with Hooker implemented in the starting lineup. Uh, Yurkovic, I really liked him going into this season. But he got hurt against, uh, I think it was UMass. He hurt his hand. So we'll see how he does going into this season. There's there's some interesting quarterbacks next year. But the top two, Stroud and Young, they'll be competing for that toss. but, But as things stand right now, Bryce Young has got that number one position on lockdown, unless the team doesn't need a quarterback. If you're Seattle and you're looking at next year, or looking at your current roster, like Drew Locke, do you just stick one year with him and take your punches with him and then go after Bryce Young next year? Maybe. Maybe that's the thing. Bright, he, we've talked about this before. You can go back to 2020 and we talked about this. Bryce Young, when he was in high school, would get compared to Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. So if, you, if you're sad about losing Russell Wilson, just wait a year. And you can get someone that's somewhat similar to him. And I think Bryce Young would test very well. And I think this is where you look at, and I've kind of mentioned this before, but if you just look solely at stats... Like You would not think C.J. Stroud's a running quarterback, or can't he can't run. His running numbers are nothing spectacular, but he doesn't need to run. Bryce Young rarely needs opportunities to just run around, so Bryce Young's rushing numbers will not be up there with someone like Kyler Murray, like when he was leaving Oklahoma, or Lamar Jackson or something like that, because they're running two totally different styles of offenses. I mean, a similar-ish offense to what Lamar Jackson was running coming from a pro-style system with Petrino, but... A little different, going under center a little bit more with Bryce Young. But, yeah, if I'm the Seahawks, I look at someone like Bryce Young next year because I don't know what other quarterbacks they're looking at. Maybe they go for Jordan Love. Maybe they go for Baker Mayfield or something. But And then that's pretty much in the AFC West is just the quarterback capital of the world pretty much. Like How often – like Derek Carr. We've made fun of Derek Carr a little bit on the show, but Derek Carr is a good quarterback. And Derek Carr is easily the worst quarterback in the AFC West. <laughs> That is saying a lot because he'd be the best quarterback in what? He'd be the best quarterback in the AFC South. He'd be the best quarterback in the NFC South. He'd be the best quarterback. Ah, I'm not going to go to the NFC East, but at least two divisions, maybe three. So <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him rotting in the, with the Raiders, but man, unless something insane happens, the Raiders ain't finishing anywhere other than last place. <laughs> they are finishing rock freaking bottom. In that division this year because the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the LA Chargers should be awesome this year when the Chargers, good Lord, they made a splash today. They got themselves Khalil Mack for a second-round draft pick and a 2023 sixth-round draft pick. You are pairing up. You have a defensive edge-rushing duo of Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. That is mean. And the AFC West this year, are they're trying to compete with the NFC West? Because last year, I think everybody came to an agreement that NFC West was the best division in football. Right now, it's hard not to say the NFC, the AFC West. Like just on purely quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Drew, Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. Just on quarterbacks alone, that's the best division in football. And then you add players like Khalil Mack to this division as well. And I know the Chiefs might be losing some key pieces on defense, mainly Tyron Matthew. But, man, the Chargers brought back Mike Williams as well. This division is going to be a freaking slugfest. And all of these teams, apart, sadly, for the Raiders, could finish with, a, a what, 11 wins this year? How often does that happen where three teams in a division finish with 11 wins? Has that ever happened before? Can that happen? <laughs> I don't know, but it just feels like that. Because these three teams are monsters just looking just solely at the quarterback spots. You've got three top ten quarterbacks in one division. Three of them. Possibly four if you're one of the crazy people that thinks Derek Carr is a top ten quarterback. But like Wilson, Mahomes, Herbert. Those are top seven quarterbacks. Not even just top ten, top seven quarterbacks. When they're all healthy, top seven, top eight quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't know why this is happening right now, but the AFC, whoever wins the AFC... If they don't win the Super Bowl, I'll be absolutely floored. Like, you look at some of the teams in the AFC. You got Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots will be better. One would assume the Patriots would be better. A healthy Ravens team. The Bengals just went to the Super Bowl. The Browns should be a whole hell of a lot better than this year. Than last year. Then you've got Wilson, Mahomes, Herbert, all in the same division. The Titans will win the AFC South because that's the easiest division in football. In regards to... I'm not saying it's the worst because I'd say the NFC South right now is probably the worst division, but the South divisions are not great. The two West divisions are easily the best. The two Souths are probably the worst, or maybe you could throw the NFC East in there as well, but uh, next year's going to be fun, and we're not even done. The offseason pretty much just started. We have had three major trades happen in the past two days, or three days, because I guess the first trades happened on Tuesday. Well, Carson Wentz happened. So, yeah, three trades on three days. We had Russell Wilson trade to Denver, Carson Wentz trade to Washington, and then we had Khalil Mack get traded to Los Angeles. Oh, boy. And Khalil Mack gets to play the Raiders twice a year. And he, didn't even, he basically had a year off last year. So <laughs> he, he should be fully ready to go going into next season. So that's ah, it's, it's going to be awesome. Next season is going to just be a, a punch-in-the-mouth fest in the AFC West. And I'm here for it. I am 100% here for it because, oh, boy. I'm just upset that it all had to be happening right now because it's, I'm in a, I'm in a, we're in a conference that is crapping on the NFC, the other conference right now. And it's, I should have saved this. I know we talked about this a few weeks ago. I should have saved this quiz for later, but the top, past five opening day quarterbacks, we should have saved that one. Because now with Carson Wentz getting traded, the Colts will now have five straight different quarterbacks starting week one. I, well, no, I think it might be more because I think Scott Tolzien started. I think it might go Wentz, Rivers, Brissett, Luck, Tolzien. I think that might be it. So it might be six. Wentz, River, yeah, six. If the whenever happens this year, unless they can bring Philip Rivers. Well, no, it's if the, unless they can bring Philip Rivers out of retirement. I guess or get Tom Brady or something. I don't know. But if I had to do quick fire quarterback predictions right here, right now, uh, we're gonna go Trubisky to to chicago to new york with the giants we're gonna stick him there we're gonna stick jordan love no we're gonna stick Mariota on the colts no we're gonna sti- i don't know i'm not gonna do this right now i didn't i didn't come in prepared to do that right now so i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i would love to see jordan love on the colts i think that'd be awesome but I, i'm not prepared enough to do that but yeah i hope you guys enjoyed that i'm gonna keep this show a little shorter today keep it sub 50 minutes which feels weird to do. I feel like I'm feel like wrong to do this, but I don't know. Just kind of keep it a little shorter today. But I hope you did enjoy the show. If you did not, I apologize. So glad baseball is back. Happy that all these moves are getting made, and my team does not need to worry about a quarterback situation this offseason, which is freaking beautiful. I love that. Like growing up, it was always what are the Bills going to do at quarterback? Are they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick? Are they signed Kyle Orton? Or are they drafted Kyle or Trent Edwards or J P. Lossman or whatever. There's no issues with quarterback. They got A.J. McCarron, or they got Nathan Peterman, they traded Tyrod, or they got Matt Castle. Like, you don't need to worry about that anymore. You got Josh Allen. You're good for the foreseeable future right now. God forbid he plays any with any other franchise than the Buffalo Bills. But with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed it. If not, I apologize. Leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for how you felt on just this episode or all the episodes in general. And with that, I will see you all later. Peace.